what's poppin' everyone? This is episode zero of the E-Word, the podcast of the emo subreddit on the internet. Uh, my name is Kyle, and I'm here with the mods. What's up, everyone? Hey. How's it going? I'm glad to be here. Well, just to get the names with the voices, does everyone want to go around and introduce yourself here? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm Ellie. My username on Reddit is Sarcastosaurus. I am the flaming SJW mod, and I listen to mostly scrams and emotive hardcore uh, and a little bit of Midwest. So that's that's normally what I post in there. And my main contribution is just telling, like, assholes to get lost. <laughs> Whoever's next. All right. Uh, my name is Lauren. My username is uh, Kage6613. Uh, and... I am your local genre elitist. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, uh, I listen to pretty much everything from uh, Motive Hardcore to Scenecore and everything in between. I just really like the history and pointing out the differences there. But uh, I think it's a really cool thing. Um, my name is Daniel. Uh, I'm known on Reddit as HoboSapien20. Uh, I am the mod that likes taking everyone's fun stuff down. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but um, uh, music-wise, I m- much like Kage, I am into a lot of a variety of different types of music. Uh, I mainly sp- focus around emo, around post-hardcore and pop-punk. I'm trying to branch more towards bedroom pop and ambient and post-rock and some 90s hip-hop for some spice. Right on. Nice. I myself am big on the Midwest emo um, in the Midwest, so, you know, all these bands around me kind of have a history here, like The Promise Ring, Braid, and Cursive's probably my favorite band. I'm slowly trying to get into Screamo, so... This will be fun because I think there's a lot of uh, learning that I will have to do, so I'm excited about that, kind of uh, going backwards and keeping up with all the stuff that's happening right now. Specifically on this episode, this is episode zero, it's called that because this is half of a test episode and half of like a introduction to what this podcast is basically going to be about format-wise. I envision this to be kind of an open format. Like, I don't think episodes are going to be the same from week to week, which I think is pretty cool. Voices-wise, I think that's going to change from week to week, too. So if you're listening and you want to be on this podcast, that's definitely something that we're looking to do. Uh, We want people who are active on the sub to come on here and kind of take those conversations from the subreddit to the podcast and just... I think I think it's crazy how much kind of influence the sub has. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that, but I mean like bands kind of get signed and popular from the subreddit, which I think is wild. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a bigger influence than most people on the sub give it credit for, you know, like uh that Fredo Disco guy. He yeah. is mm-hmm. uh Yeah, he's uh he just released his own EP and he's going to start his own record label and you know, the, that guy Timma uh, from Counterintuitive Records, he does all that PR stuff, posting Counterintuitive on Reddit. Um, He's one of our most active members. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I think it's really cool that we have members of the actual 
musical community involved, not just a bunch of like uh, neckbeard losers jerking <laughs> off to the same fucking lame emo revival bands over and over and over again. So yeah, so that's what this podcast is basically going to be about. I guess my role will kind of be the producer, and I'll kind of usher from week to week here. Um, definitely any channel that you can get in touch to to get yourself onto the podcast is definitely going to be possible. So I'm sure by next episode we'll have email accounts and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff where you could find an inbox to send stuff to. Yeah. That filthy fucking capitalist shit. <laughs> when will the vinyl pressing for this emo podcast be available? <laughs> <laughs> When when's the eight track coming out? My my car only plays eight tracks, and I need something to listen to. <laughs> but yeah, basically on this episode, we're going to be doing the introductions and all that stuff. I'm gonna start off with what we've been listening to as of recent. We're, we also have a song break. I have a song from a band called We Should Have Been DJs to play in the middle of this, and then we're gonna kind of end on the preliminary game. Uh, is this band emo? We're gonna put bands on the chopping block so we can never talk about some of them on this podcast ever again because they're not emo bands. <laughs> and that list has grown pretty long. <laughs> um, so let's get the start started off with uh, what have you been listening to this week? Uh, Elliot, you want to kick us off here? Yeah, sure. So um, I haven't really been listening to emo at all lately. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I listen. Yesterday, I listened to the first uh, I Set My Friends on Fire album. Uh, you can't spell slaughter without laughter, uh, which I think is an absolute postmodern masterpiece. It's a, it's a real work of art. And the thesis statement is their their cover of Crank That by Soldier Boy. And <laughs> I really think that like, like you, could, you could do an entire fucking cultural studies course on mid-2000s scene like that. That was just like a wealth of really interesting, horrifying shit coming out of there. Um, yeah, I also listened to the Bring Me the Horizon album, Suicide Season, which is probably their best album because it was after they stopped pretending to be a metal band, but before they started pretending to be a good band. Uh, is that the one with so, the girl holding like a heart or something on the cover? Yeah, her and Tessens okay, coming yeah. out. Um, as far as emo goes... Uh, the the new Masanera album dropped. Um, Open mind, saturated brain. No, Sophie's floorboard premiered it, and it's uh, really fucking amazing. Um, I also listened to uh, Commander Salamander's EP. I'm premiering that on Friday on my blog, um, and y'all are gonna fucking adore that. It's really good. Just a plus sparkle punk. I'm excited. Sweet. Uh, whoever wants to go next. Uh, I tend to move fairly quickly myself with music that I um, add to my iPod and such. Like, maybe this morning I added the new City of Caterpillar EP, Driving Spain Up a Wall. I've already listened to it maybe three times, and I'm still enjoying it. Uh, additionally, I've added a, an EP by a band called Post Season a few days ago, along with the album This Conversation's Ending Starting Right Now by Knapsack. Still listening to those. 
alternatively, I've also been listening to some <clears throat> outside of emo and pop punk. I've been listening to some Nine Inch Nails. I've been listening to a lot of Pretty Hate Machine, uh, the new Turnover, the I'm Good Nature. I'm already sick of. <laughs> <laughs> and aside from some other stuff like Seosin and Touche Amore, that has basically been my week in a nutshell. We have our first hot take on that turnover record. <laughs> I was looking so forward to it. And then it came out and disappointed me, and I regret buying the $50 vinyl. Oh, shit, really? You went in on the deluxe? Yeah. I went in on the deluxe because, personally, I think Peripheral Vision, their previous album, is one of the best albums of this decade. And I wanted to be right in the middle of the new album, yeah. expecting it to be of equal... Um, prestige and then it's so far been letting me down and the only reason i'm still have it on my rotation is because i'm seeing them at the end of this month and want to know the songs from that album when they play it shouldn't know shoegaze bands only put out one good album (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's uh, that's real emo right there is learning songs you don't even like so you can sing along (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I have to learn mom jeans before I see them with meet me in Montauk in a month. But the thing is, I like them, so it's all good. All right, so for me, as far as emo goes, I've been listening to a good amount of those Twinkly Scrams bands. Uh, lots of Sweet La Loon, My Heart to Joy, and some High Tide Hotel emo revival. I just today I listened to emo pop band from the good old days called Anna Devine, and they used to be a band called oh man, what was it Jerk something, Jerk Water? I I don't remember. Uh, they're basically the same band, a little more pop punky. Uh, outside, oh, I've also been listening to a good amount of the new World Is a Beautiful Place, which I. I don't think I like it as much as Harmlessness or any of their older shit for that matter. But in its own right, I do really like it. And I didn't at first, but it has grown on me. I also really like New Citizen. And I listened to early November's new Room's Too Cold uh, recently because it was the anniversary, 14th anniversary or something. Uh, outside of emo, uh, lots of metalcore for Die Life's sake, been really going on those guys lately. And uh, Employed to Surf, who I was really mad to have just recently found because they are amazing. That pairs and direct hit split, or the singles they released from it. And uh, recently gave DBM1 Dance Gavin Dance that we listened through. Oh, and today I listened to a bunch of new metal-y sludge wave like victims is that like a current thing that's happening yeah if you if, i don't know if you know bands like uh sworn in oh or, yeah 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 like more more like there's ones that are more death quarry and ones that are more new metal-y but yeah a lot of them are adding like emo trap like sad boy trap elements like they'll have like interludes that are just like a song that's just like an emo trap song basically and i don't know i think it's pretty cool and they're heavy as fuck and they've got some good grooves i but think yeah, it's a it's a bummer 
It's a bummer that Sludge Wave died. <laughs> You're listening to like the dregs of that of that genre because it was really big in like 2013. Yeah, I, yeah. It was called Funeral Deathcore back then. Yeah, and all all those bands like uh, Villains they turned into Youth Forever and yeah. they're still really good. But yeah, most most of the bands besides the ones you mentioned are pretty much irrelevant now. It's gone in a much more new metal direction now with the new metal revival. So like the funeral death poor bands like that were more shred, uh, like kind of all died, like Adestria and stuff like that. And Black Tongue, yeah. Yeah, Black Tongue, yeah. I've done, who knows what happened to them. But I'm pretty sure they all work at gas stations now. <laughs> <laughs> Implying they didn't already. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they all fucking wash cars with their deicide shirts and whatnot. <laughs> um, I've also been listening to the New World Is record. It's definitely not on par with Harmlessness. I think like their new direction is is pretty good. It's clearly going for something more catchy and melodic, and I'm getting used to that. I I, I still like it. I don't think. I definitely got my fix from them. Um, I'm seeing them next week, so I'm excited for that. Uh, also, been listening to the new Prawn record. I don't know if anyone here has checked that out. I have not. Um, I, I haven't have. listened yet, but I was a huge fan of Prawn back in like 2013. Um, so I'm looking forward to it when I actually do listen to it. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. I yeah. have like two, maybe three Prawn albums on my Bandcamp page that I have yet to download. Due to my like horrible habit with music, so while they are on my radar, I have no idea when I'm gonna get around to any of them, let alone their new album. Well, have you heard Kingfisher? I guess that's like the hit. I have not. Okay, that one just kind of set this album up for kind of hype-wise, but yeah, I'm definitely satisfied with this new Prawn record. I think it's good. I I think they kind of got a little more ambient kind of like what they started off with sound-wise. Um, so yeah, I like that. Um, I'm listening to Indian Summer for the first time in like a very long time, as of recent. I'm sure everyone here is a big fan of Indian Summer. Uh, yeah. Yes. I've yeah, actually I've never heard them. That I have their album on the Bandcamp as well, and like I said, I have no idea when we get around to it. On top of like dozens upon dozens upon dozens of CDs on my bookshelf in my room that have yet to be played or opened on top of maybe like 50 records on my floor yet to be listened to. And That's, I still uh, keep unhealthy. buying music. With Indian Summer, if you like them, you should check out the band. The members were previously involved in Sinker, which is really good. And then before Sinker, they were in kind of like an emo-ish pop-punk band called uh, Jabberjaw. That was more along the lines of like Jawbreaker, Garden Variety. <clears throat> Matsula. And then I th- after Indian Summer, they went on to Amberin, who were really fucking good. Yes. Uh, like, uh, Admiral Julia-esque uh, oh, emo okay. corp in the 90s. And then last week, Counterintuitive dropped that three-way split 10-inch. Uh, I forgot. Is it? I definitely like the Prince Daddy's and the Hyena songs on that and uh, pictures of Vernon. Yeah, those, those two really kind of brought it on that. Nerd. This Dater album that counterintuitive, but don't be a stranger. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, that's it's really good. A uh, good emo indie rock pop, pop punk type stuff. The uh, the title track especially is just phenomenal. 
Yeah, shout out Nervous Dater. Yeah, I've been listening to that a lot too. Um, and then the last thing that I've been kind of checking out is uh, Level Up. I don't know if anyone here is into that band, but I've been listening to their first release called Space Brothers. Um, it's one of like the first things that came out on Double Double Whammy. Um, and it's just really, really good, smart, catchy, power pop. A little bit of punk and indie in there too. But yeah, that's it for me. Sorry I interrupted you like 20 times. That's good. That's discussion. That We're a, we're a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's our goal to be interrupting each other rudely. Exactly. You're just going to... I'm just going to talk constantly throughout this podcast. It will be nothing but my stupid fucking voice. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's what's next on the agenda? Uh, well, we're going to cut to a song right now. This is from a Madison band called We Should Have Been DJs. They have a new album that's out right now on their band camp. Uh, the new album is called At the End of Every Road. There's a liquor store, and the song we're about to play is called Nettle Leaves. And you could find this album. It's only available digitally at the moment, uh, but it's on their band camp. And once again, this is We Should Have Been DJs with Nettle Leaves. Keep walking off on the nettle leaves. The trail is a scar, and that's history. Are you waiting for a little reaction? Are you standing for us? Or a death with a little percussion? Spend your time on the earth Is it a face or a mask? I know it's dumb but it's the things That were always worth asking At the time don't find your tongue To breathe on the air Throw another one around Time goes by so
What a great song, guys. What'd you guys yeah. think? Yeah. That was gnarly. <laughs> I want to hear it again. That was fucking what tubular. Cool song. And once again, we should have been DJs with Nettle Leaves. The new record is called At the End of Every Road, There's a Liquor Store. Uh, really good band from my area. Basically the only emo band in my area. Uh, but they're fantastic, so go check them out. And we're at that point where we are putting these bands on the chopping block and calling them emo or fighting over them being emo or not. I'm personally very excited to do this. I think uh, we've accumulated a very diverse list and some of these I have no idea how you (laughs) are going to feel about them at all. So let's start off with, I guess, the most controversial to the website that we belong to, which would be Remo Drive. Uh, (laughs) uh, I've gone on record about Remo Drive and a few of the other bands that we're going to cover uh, in this chopping block segment. I personally no longer mind if they get posted on the sub because, um, like, personally, I don't think Remo Drive is an emo band. They have... They, their sound mostly is derived from early 90s indie rock, like Super Chunk, in my opinion. Maybe a little bit of, like, Something to Write Home About era Get Up Kids. Um, you know, I think that, like, the genre purity game that we have a tendency to get into doesn't really have a place when it comes to, you know, new DIY bands that are coming up. And I think if we are honest with ourselves and if we really are a community that wants to encourage bands to come out that is more important than whatever we think emo should be or should sound like and the progression of the genre is dependent on us encouraging these new bands and if people are posting it on the sub and it's getting a lot of support then that means that the people in the emo community like these bands so it's really irrelevant how much we consider them to be emo yeah i think at the end of it just people want to talk about this band that they just found out about and i mean remo drive i mean i guess getting into it with like my opinion on this it's kind of like if you say remo drive or emo then that kind of rips the lid off on like i don't know like something like pup i guess like then pup is far away from emo to me it's like if you say that this band is in then you usher in all these other ones you know i yeah i i understand that but for me, like, it, we're still not going to be allowing, like, fucking, like, boys like girls or whatever to get posted on the sub. But they, they're they a DIY band, you know? I think the DIY community should be focused on cultivating exciting young acts. Mm-hmm. And if they're not getting the attention from, like, indie heads or other outlets where their music we might consider to be more appropriate for that if we like the music, we kind of have a, a duty to promote it. True. Any other thoughts here for Remo Drive? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I see a bit more of a clear... I don't know. It seems like Remo Drive is kind of trying to align themselves with the emo community a little bit. Uh, I'm not I'm not so too, too familiar with them, so I don't know what kind of tours they've been on who they've gone with but i think it's been with like some of our you know emo revival sparkle punk bands 
I know for sure that on Spotify, that's the only recommended artists <laughs> for Remo Drive are like Sparkle Punk and other emo revival bands like that. I I feel like a lot of the Sparkle Punk bands, the newer bands, are a, a lot of it's going in a very uh, you know Weezer-y, like '90s power pop indie rock direction. So I see how how Remo Drive are definitely getting grouped in with that. Mm-hmm. I think it was Tim up from Counterintuitive actually. They fucking they replied to one mod's comment about one band not being emo, and they were like, "Fuck you! Don't you have like a Remo Drive album to disqualify from being album of the month?" <laughs> I'm almost certain that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I don't remember. That said, though, um, yeah, for a while I was very against the idea of letting Remo Drive band as not purely emo onto the subreddit of emo because my opinion and my view was that I want to keep the integrity of the genre itself intact rather than letting every single indie DIY band that considered themselves emo to be on to, to the uh, subreddit as though the subreddit was the gate to whether or not you were emo or not. And while still a handful of bands such as Remo Drive and Pine Grove and Julian Baker I am skeptical with, I think laying them in to have a front among the DIY scene, rather whether it be emo or not is more important for our community than staying purely emo that said though i am still a little worried that the subreddit could become just another indie heads that's fair to provide some context you know i wrote all the emo history lessons on the sub and i did a lot of research on them and talked to a lot of people you know emo has always had this history of being like shat on and looked down upon by the broader punk scene and then later as emo became more established they developed a history of in turn shitting on newer bands who were taking the sound in a new direction and while i recognize that a level of gatekeeping is important in making sure that the sub stays relatively on topic and not flooded with fucking toxic unrelated shit you know i i would rather be on the side of people who are encouraging of bands trying out new sounds and wanting to take the genre in a newer direction because i would rather be known as one of the people who helped a band blow up rather than one of the people who stood in their way that's fair i've always thought for me anyway uh that our emo screamo uh, the subreddit emo screamo is more of the like purist subreddit and and even even they accept uh, like sunny day real estate and stuff which uh, I think is not pure emo is uh, indie emo which is yeah midwest yeah. midwest in general I think is really yeah. like pure emo it's more emo tinged indie rock yeah, I mean, we've all seen the meme that unless you're like mid-80s from the DC scene emo or late-90s from the San Diego scram scene emo, you're not emo then. 
Yeah. You know, I actually ghost wrote yeah. that copy pasta, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who wrote it, but I believe that. It origina- No, it originated on a Facebook page yeah. called Meme Lords Against Fake Emo and Furries. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and every single meme page on Facebook started using that. Our Reddit included. Reddit is a, is a meme page on Facebook now. <laughs> well, do you all want to put your vote on yes or no versus emo dri- or versus remo drive? Um, no on them being emo. Yes on them being allowed to be in the sub. Uh, personally, I think if Mom Jeans is emo, air quotes emo, then remo drive is air quotes emo. Uh. <laughs> In that it's indie rock that is, to some degree, inspired by emo. I guess my vote is yes, technically, with a little asterisk next to it. Nuanced hot take, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I think my vote on being emo is a no. However, I do like indie punk music, so I would say yes to allowing them onto the subreddit. All right. I'm gonna go with no, but I also really don't care. Like I enjoy Remo Drive. I have the record. I've seen them three times. I like them, but uh, I I don't think that they're an emo band. I think they fit within the bands that they've been playing with, which are considered emo. Uh, with that being said, let's put Pine Grove on the chopping block here. Somehow, Pine Grove have found their way into the sub and basically people calling them emo for whatever reason um and i'll start off by saying that it's kind of blasphemous just because they're on run for cover and they came up in the diy scene doesn't make them an emo band it's like indie alt country that could be said about every band that we have on this chopping block that is still part of the diy scene Yeah. yeah yeah uh yeah pine grove have found their way into the sub and into my heart um, <laughs> I uh, I agree. They're not really emo per se. They they're basically more DIY Ryan Adams at this point. Um, <laughs> and I I do like them. And I also don't really have much of an issue with them being posted on the sub. You know, if they they have some vague Midwest influence in the guitar work. Someone someone made an argument. This, this argument has been made a few times that uh, a large part of the reason that Pine Grove doesn't get considered emo might be in part due to them having uh, women in the band. While I while I don't fully agree with that being the reason why I don't consider them emo, um, I, I think that that level of shit-testing women for not being emo enough is a little bit of an issue in this a lot of bit of an issue in the scene and should be acknowledged that being that being said pretty much everything i said about remo drive and supporting diy artists that no one else seems to want to talk about is important like if no other community wants to talk about them but the emo community does then obviously they have some place here i got into pine grove early last year like right before Cardinal came out when I found 
Meridian on Bandcamp for free. And I thought the album itself was just amazing. That being said, I have not actually heard Cardinal, so I can't speak on <clears throat> whether their modern sound goes towards emo. But if I was to guesstimate from Meridian, their debut album, I've always seen them more as like an indie rock with like some Americana in them. Uh, something rather similar to like say like a, a more indie uh derived modest mouse a band that also is considered emo by some yeah aren't we talking about modest mouse later we are oh, yes we are oh boy that that fucking squeaky guitar man uh lauren did you have anything on pine grove i enjoy their music it's it's nice for like sipping bourbon too <laughs> 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 uh, do I think it's emo? Absolutely not. No, nowhere near the realm of emo. Yeah, no. <clears throat> just, just like indie rock, all country. Yeah. So Pine Grove is a hard no for me. Let's go around the table here. Nah, not really. No. Okay. I'm gonna say no. Nope. All right, Pine Grove, you're chopped. Uh, let's jump around this list. Let's throw, uh, what's Fugazi and Slint. I did not add this one. Speaking. Yeah, I, I added that one. Can I real I quick just also add Unwound on there? I actually yeah. had that, like, note in my head. It's a good, that's a good, that's a good one to throw into that category. Uh, Fugazi are foundational. They're very important to the development of emo. But in the end, they they are a post-hardcore band, solidly, as are Unwound. I kind of understand where people are coming from with Unwound, especially when I listen to Leaves Turn Inside You, which is very heavily uh, post-rock influenced. Even even with that, uh, Unwound, past like 1994, had really nothing to do with the emo scene at all. Yeah. They are a post-hardcore band. Slint are an interesting case because most of early 90s emo, uh, a la Native Nod and Plunger, would not exist if not for Slint, I don't think. But they had no, not even peripheral knowledge of emo, I don't think. Like the, the band members were in Squirrel Bait, could be considered uh, related to emo core back in the mid 80s. Uh, really important Louisville band. Uh, a lot of later Louisville bands like uh, Falling Forward uh, and Endpoint took from Squirrel Bait. But Slint is just a whole different animal, uh, much more foundational for math rock and post rock than anything else. So, no, hard no for all three of those bands from me. It's going to be a no for me, too. Like, it's definitely foundational, and a lot of the stuff that happened after it would not have happened without them. And I'm talking about bands that would be considered emo or emo core and whatnot, but still, Fugazi are not an emo band in any respect. So, no for me. Yeah, I know. I know. Sorry, I know very little about Fugazi's music and Unwound's music, so I can't say on them. However, Spiderland by Slynn is one of my favorite albums. I have just found everything about it to be fascinating, to be amazing when I first heard it maybe 
three years ago. But and when I did, for a long time, I had a very hard issue with how would I even classify it because to me it was all over the place. It was a bit of post-hardcore. It was a bit of indie rock. It was a bit of math rock. It was a bit of post-rock. It was spoken word. I think the, that's the idea of invented in a lot of ways post-rock and math rock. Like That's mm-hmm. why it was so hard to classify because no it one was, was really doing that. Stone. Exactly. Yeah. So when I first heard it, I just had the hardest time even thinking of what would I put it as, like on my iPod or anything in general. And I still have that issue to this day at times. But regardless, one thing I've never had an issue of when thinking about it is thinking on is it emo? Because I've never viewed it as an emo album. Like, I barely see them as being punk, which at the time emo was still heavily derived from all right lauren any thoughts on this one as stated all were very influential and foundational and many emo bands would not exist without these bands uh fugazi especially like bringing that reggae beat and just a lot of experimentation it was all these all these bands broke a lot of grounds and influenced emo and I think perhaps eventually were influenced themselves by emo, at least in the case of Fugazi and Unwound. But yeah, no, not emo at all. Alrighty. Moving on then. Let's throw bright eyes on the chopping block here. This is one I can see kind of going either way. Um, I've always associated Bright Eyes um, definitely as the more indie and singer-songwriter category. I'm I'm definitely a fan of all of Connor's work. I would go ahead and say indie more than anything for Bright Eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when when people categorize Bright Eyes as emo, I think contextually it's important to note that they come from the Saddle Creek scene, um, which. You know, back back in the '90s, bands like Commander Venus, who are emo, yes, one hundred percent, and you know all the Tim Casher bands. Connor Oberst is you know related to that scene; he has ties to it, so it makes sense that people would kind of conflate the two. You know, when I when I listen to like something like Fevers and Mirrors, which is what I think is the definitive Bright Eyes album, I'm not hearing really any emo at all. Like it, it's like purely indie rock to me i know very little about bright eyes uh with the exception of their album i'm wide awake it's morning which is a fantastic indie folk record that's all i can really say about the matter yeah. indie folk is the worst fucking genre name of all time <laughs> hey we're not bashing the name of it we're only bashing the style in which there is nothing to bash <laughs> Uh, no, the, the style is fine. I'm, this is coming from the creator of the word Sparkle Punk. <laughs> Indie folk is the worst fucking genre name of all time. Except maybe Folktronica. <laughs> oh, hold on, let's invent a new genre right now, and then we can have the worst name. Sparkletronica. Oh, okay. Good one. Hold on, hold on. Sparkle Folk. It's a folk. That's why you don't like it, because folk is a very awkward word to put on anything. Sparkle folk. Sass folk. 
Oh god. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. Fast to like fucking die. Uh, Lauren, anything on Bright Eyes from you? So definitely check out Commander Venus if you haven't. But yeah, no, Bright Eyes are definitely not emo. I never saw them as emo either. All right. Well, I'm going to throw this one, which I I really don't know where we're going to go with this, uh, but at the drive-in. Ooh. At the drive-in. At the drive-in. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, the members have spoken about being heavily influenced by Jawbreaker, but being heavily influenced by Jawbreaker does not an emo band make. Like, for example, the Lawrence Arms and Alkaline Trio are both heavily Jawbreaker influenced, and neither of them are anywhere near emo. Um, they're they're both very like pop punk esque. Yes, Not... yeah, absolutely. Um, at the drive-in are the linchpin of late '90s, early 2000s hardcore. Without them, we don't have any of the post-hardcore that that came after with the noodly guitars, a la Seosin and Circus Survive. Correlatively, we also don't have like swancore bands like Dance Gavin Dance, etc. Whether or not that's a good thing is up to up to you. I like those bands. But again, not really emo. What the hell is Swancore? <laughs> uh, Will so... Swan's lab- label, Blue Swan Records. All those bands that are on that. A lot like Birds, Hail the Sun, Idola. Uh, okay, so that style of um, post-hardcore metal. Yeah, neo-psychedelic neo post-hardcore, basically. That uh, specifically takes from uh, funk and jazz fusion and usually has R&B vocals. Okay, that's a little weird, but I can get behind that. You know, the one where the guitars go like... Yeah. I mean, as long as it's not... I'm not interpreting what I interpreted when you described Degent in Discord, so it's a good start. <laughs> Meshuga are the most emo band of all, of course. <laughs> Now, with um, At The Drive-In, when I first got into them, it was through Relationship of Command. Um, I thought it was a fantastic post-hardcore album that I could see how it would really shape post-hardcore to come. I, I usually consider that and Shape of Punk to come by Refused as the two real game-changers into the 2000s, as you said, nudely guitar style that like Seosin and such would encapsulate. Um, and if I was just going off of that album, I would classify at the drive-in as not emo. However, I think their prior album in Casino Out has a lot encapsulating within emo. It's got like the like higher, lower, uh, crescendo like uh, binaries. It's got the style. I would say with that album, At the Drive-In could be emo. Uh, in Casino Out is the one with Napoleon Solo on it, right? Yeah, that is the one, yes. Yeah, um, Yeah, I see what you're coming from. I like that you brought up Thursday, who are another band that get called emo mistakenly a lot. And that one I get a little bit more because Jeff Rickley, you know, put on screamo shows in his basement and stuff like that. Like, At the Driving, Glassjaw, Thursday, and Refused are probably the big four of modern post-hardcore as far as, like, foundational influences go. 
And yeah, I get where you're coming from with Inkasino out, but I still heavily disagree. It's rooted a lot more in that kind of twin guitar Fugazi dynamic. Well, I have not listened to really to Fugazi, so I can't really counter argue that. Disgusting. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I don't know. Just, just what I've heard, like through Inkasino out, it's a great album. Um, it's like something about it reminds me. I feel more towards like um, you might get mad at me for this, but uh, through being cool by Saves the Day, he's got an almost like pop punk like feel and energy and vibe, but with like the charmingness that could come along with emo. You're right. That did make me really angry. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Warren, yeah. Um, I. Okay, I personally don't see how you could, first of all, see any saves the day in at the drive-in. I that that also boggles my mind. I do understand where you're coming from with uh, at the drive-in. There's probably one point where I believe there was an argument to be made for, especially their first LP, Acrobatic Tenement, because it it's it's uh it's very raw. It's very emo-esque and the twin guitar attack does emulate midwest emo at times like so so i get it but yeah i really think they are more they definitely have the influence but they're also definitely more aligned with post-hardcore I'll throw you a bone without the drive-in, though. I do think uh, the Via EP has some legit emo influence, now that I think about it. Yeah. With what Lauren was saying, uh, with the, the Midwesty twin guitar thing, the kind of dual guitar dynamic. Yeah, I always 100% looked at them as a post-hardcore band. Um, with, with their other material, it's kind of arguable in some cases, but... I mean, we all kind of know them as relationship. That's a post-hardcore album to me. Um, let's throw Turnover on there. For me, I was, I I kind of see them kind of in like the the emo drive situation where it's like it's probably not traditionally emo. Purist wouldn't call it shoegaze, I imagine. Um, but it's definitely within the scene, and I, I I'm like okay calling it emo. Oh, their new album is entirely shoegaze. There's nothing emo about it. Their new album has nothing to do with shoegaze or emo, but I I always saw it as a shoegaze album, a really boring shoegaze album. It's it's they're straight up dream pop and yeah. have been since Peripheral well, Vision. I, I generally have a hard time differentiating. personally I'd have a hard time differentiating dream pop and shoegaze. So I'll give you that. Uh, shoegaze is a lot more wall of sound. Yeah. You know, okay. Heavy layered, fuzzy, gauzy guitars. Okay, but, so that's Turnover is a no, but I love yeah. that. Or I love Peripheral Vision, I mean. Lauren, you have anything on Turnover? Turnover, I've seen good arguments made for earlier stuff, being emo pop. I, I never officially decided if I agreed with that or not. As for their new stuff, I definitely, definitely not emo at all. But this is the band that 
pretty much all of us have liked at one point and all of us oh yeah people like yeah with an emo so oh, yeah. i i can see why we'd all want to talk about it in one place so yeah. i yeah. discovered them yeah. a couple years ago when they opened for newfound glory this is right before peripheral vision and i was just blown away at, at how fantastic they were just live and then getting the album months later really encapsulated on that feeling I mean, yeah, splits. I'm okay with them being posted on the sub the same I am with Pine Grove and Remo Drive. Like, mm-hmm. it's if nowhere else wants to talk about them and emo kids want to talk about them, we might as well let them talk. But yeah. to me, musically, they have almost nothing to do with emo, period. Um, kind of on that note, t- title fight, I guess. I imagine the only thing that's probably getting posted is something like uh, Hype Review. Am I right? I mean, did anyone yeah. try and go with anything else there? I have never listened to Title Fight, but when I see them, I think of pop punk just by looking at their album covers, and the... that is about Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the meme. Um, Get it? I, uh, the last thing you forget and shed are both heavily indebted to emo core, like heavily. I'd say the last thing you forget is the closest analog we have to today to something like "Can I Say" by Dag Nasty, that sort yeah. of very emotionally driven, hyper melodic hardcore punk sound with the the sweaty, gruff vocals. Uh, after that, though, they did become influenced by shoegaze. So their later stuff, no, their early stuff, absolutely. Lauren, uh, yeah, their early stuff is definitely. Their first album is definitely a solid mix of, like, pop punk and emo core. Like, like, because they definitely have those hooks in there. But, uh, and Shed, too. Uh, Floral Green, Floral Green, I think, is always the the disputing grounds. Uh, Ultimately, I don't really think it qualifies because they lose a lot of the hardcore element to, like, indie rock type sounds so after that is uh no i honestly never considered them or like drew the parallel to something like emo core in those first two records but like i agree with that like so much right now so thanks for bringing that to my attention because i would have just kind of threw them in like pop punk and hardcore and stuff but um let's throw a little peep in the emo trap in general on the chopping block I have little to say about this one um, because I've haven't really given much of it a chance. I I want someone else to start this one because I have very deep thoughts and feelings about this. <laughs> I know very little about Little Peep. I hear a lot f- about him, particularly from the uh, subreddit demo. Before even listening to him, I think I may have listened to a song, something that had like kind of emo-ish sounding uh, sample uh, along his like obscure screaming rapping style which aside from the obnoxiousness my initial reaction was no however from seeing people's um, posts about him I think you Ellie I think you mentioned that he generally is a fan of emo he samples bands like Mineral and such while I wouldn't say that that would make an artist emo, 
I think the fact that that style, our style of music of emo being blended with the hip hop culture, I think that's fascinating that two completely different genres are being fused into something. Uh-huh, absolutely. Yeah, I did bring up that he samples Mineral. He also samples Brand New. Um, and on his label debut, he couldn't really do any samples, so he composed his own music, which is heavily indebted to late 90s, more gentle Midwest emo guitar sound. As far as genre lines are concerned, if we're considering bands that are very far removed from a mode of hardcore to be emo... Like bands that are, bands that are getting posted on the subreddit, like Oliver Houston and Oso Oso, who have borderline nothing to do with what <laughs> I could consider to be emo, then it's kind of hypocritical not to allow bands like, or sorry, artists like Lil Peep, who are involved in the DIY scene and who are influenced by emo, to not be discussed in an emo subreddit. You you mentioned just now that they uh, Lil Peep sampled uh, Brand New. Yeah, he sampled the No Seatbelt song. Oh, nice. Um, years ago, I was very much into uh, nerdcore, a style of hip hop that basically was used by like nerd culture. Yeah, uh, and uh, MC Lars yeah. sampled Brand Exactly, new that's song. exactly yeah. what I was yeah. about to say. Yeah, he sampled uh, I Believe You But My Tommy Gun Don't on Mr. Raven, right? Or was it Sick yes. Transit? It was, um, okay, I believe you. He sampled on uh, Mr. Raven right when Dejan Tendu came out. Yeah, I rapped that on stage with him, and he gave me his, uh, his Ocarina of Time gold chain. That is awesome. I've I've lost count of many times I've seen MC Lars Pim Bay. Yeah, he's area. such he's a sweetheart. Like such a nice guy. He's an awesome guy. I've got so many of his stuff signed. Always a pleasure to meet him, to chat with him whenever I can. Uh peripherally his song, uh Signing Emo is fucking amazing. Uh oh, yeah. of, of that early two thousands emo pop boom and bust. Senses fail and simple plan being together. <laughs> Census fail girl with a simple plan shirt. Ha, huh, that'll never work. Isn't that the line? Yeah. Yeah. Sign, victory sign TBS. The whole, it basically just encapsulated that early 2000s scene. But yeah, back to being on topic. Um, <laughs> I would be skeptical on Little Peep, but I think what he's doing is phenomenal. Pretty much uh, what everyone said. Like, seriously, if. If a lot of the bands that we have like are gonna be allowed uh, because of extremely vague trace connections to emo, then this definitely should be allowed. Especially because um, we have bands like well, this is controversial because we haven't gotten to this one yet, but uh, Dashboard Confessional being featured on uh, uh, Nothing Nowhere songs, like a lot of these artists actually being totally influenced by and sampling emo songs. Yeah, uh, Wicca, Wicca Face Springs Eternal springs to mind as well. because Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, Adam was in Tiger's Jaw. Ex-Tiger's Jaw, yeah, yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so definitely tangential to this scene. So not explicitly emo per se, but uh, definitely worth talking about. Fair's discussion in this context. Yes. Yeah, I have nothing to add because I've hardly heard 
this little peep guy. So let's really blow through these. Um, Weezer Pinkerton. I added this one because it's it's like on all those essential emo album lists, <laughs> and it's I mean like my second favorite album of all time. I don't think it's an emo album. I think it's influencing emo and i think it's influencing power pop like just because it's like sentimental and a little dark in some places doesn't make it emo it's it's weezer and weezer aren't emo yep yep mm-hmm. exactly not emo. Uh, you, you pretty much hit it right on the nail basically nailed it <laughs> uh that's do dashboard confessional now um i'll let someone else kick this one off I get a little sick of talking about how so many of these guys were in important emo bands before they went on to to do whatever they got known for later. But obviously, you know, yeah. Chris Carrado was in Further Seems Forever, which was a a cool little Midwest emo slash emo pop outfit. Yeah, and all those guys were previously in a hardcore band called Strong Arm. As for Dashboard Confessional itself, it's basically bulk pop i think it has some very very vague emo influences and the fact that chris caraba was so fucking integrated in the scene speaks volumes about how other people saw him at the time and continue continue to see him now like especially the swiss army romance and the places you have come to fear the most those albums Mm -hmm. are essential to that that whole vagrant records uh phenomenon blowing up and so i i understand where people are coming from where when they slot him in with the rest of the emo scene at the time a la brand new and taking back sunday even though he doesn't really sound like them i get it so kind of sorta from me not really a hard yes or no yeah i definitely think that uh a couple of their albums have uh, maybe a place in uh, the emo pop history, uh, the ones you mentioned uh, specifically. Just like you said, just because of how influential it was, and and I definitely get why they're a part of that discourse. I think I would say they're they're more guitar, they're up more upbeat driven music. I would say yes on, but all the acoustic, soft, whatever, no. My answer is rather similar in that style-wise, they kind of come close to emo, but the having it all be acoustic, I, I think, is really bothering on if it's emo or not, which kind of blurs that line. Like, if it was, if they were like a full electric band the entire time with like Swiss Army Romance, with the place you come to fear the most, I would practically just see them as like pretty much the next Further Seems Forever albums. But as their style now, or at the time, I kind of lean towards they're not emo, but I can see their influence as to why people would think so. Yeah, uh, the vocal influence on especially the Drowning EP and the later version of Screaming Infidelities, uh, especially I, I hear some emo influence in the vocals there. But aside from that, yeah, I agree with everyone else. Yeah, I've always kind of seen them as like a bubble band, like they could go either way depending on what you're listening to. And I've always kind of thought that like Dashboard's kind of like in its own lane in some ways because 
being so acoustic and emotional that it could kind of go either way. But there's a lot of people that kind of picked up where he left off and stuff. So uh, let's let's go with Julian Baker then. We've got another solo artist pretty much here. This one's kind of tough because, I mean, it's clearly, like, extremely emotional music. And I guess, like, sound-wise, it's just a guitar and vocal. And it's kind of hard to, like, decide what you want to call that. I I think... Sorry. Go ahead, because I don't know where I'm going to (laughs) go. I think that since we're actually jumping right from dashboard to them i see almost nothing emo about julian baker basically she is epitomal indie folk Sim- uh, very similar to like say bon Iver. Hmm. yes she I... has a, she gets a very like emotional like i'm about to cry style of music but uh, that's really it. That's that's basically all that I see in terms of coming close to emo. I strongly disagree yeah. with that Bon Iver comparison. Yeah, you can pretty much just copy-paste my answers from Remo Drive and uh, Pine Grove here. Like, same deal. Yeah, pretty much. She she definitely aligns herself with this scene and, like, we're the only ones pretty much talking about her. So That's but, fair enough as well. Yeah, but she's she's definitely not emo. Yeah, I think making up my mind on it, I wouldn't call it emo, but I wouldn't like yell at someone on the street who says I like emo, I like Julian Baker, like uh, like. No I one says that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on a second. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Well, okay. Well, here's she's one of those people that's like repping this sad songs T-shirt sort of thing. Which is which? People align with emo. Well, she covered Jawbreaker though. Stuff like that too. It just it, it just paints. Didn't Silverstein cover Orchid? Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Silver Silverstein covered Lifetime too. Yep. Does, wow. Does not an emo band make? So yeah, that's Julian Baker. Uh, American football. This is on here. Ooh, <laughs> I put I, this one on here. This is uh, someone thinks someone about to get crucified by the subreddit. Yeah, I've I've been crucified for the subreddit before for my opinion on American football, um, which I've written about in short and at length. They're they're a math rock band, like they're a math rock band in my opinion. Like they have some kind of mineral influence, but I really don't th- like when you when you listen to them talk about their influences they never bring up emo pretty much mike kinsella was in captain jazz and then davy von bolen who was in captain jazz was in 10 boy summer who were a real emo band and that's pretty much it that's that's their emo lineage like i am i i like american football just fine but i am continually baffled as to why they are so revered by emo fans despite not sounding it in the least because it was twinkly. Twinkle. Exactly. Okay, That's but why. what about how everyone post-American football that's called an emo band sounds like American football? Does that... But they disc- don't sound like American football. They sound like Yeah, they sound jazz. like camp jazz. Exactly. But twinkle. 
there's a lot of twinkle stuff that's American football derived. I think it's more derived from Captain Rain Jess Maria. Well. It's more derived from like Rainer Maria uh, and uh, like Penfold and that sort of thing. Are are you referring to like the more post Rocky bands like Prawn and Moving Mountains? Yeah, and I would say like Foxing. Who are a cross my heart ripoff band, not an American <laughs> ripoff band. Like Benton Falls and Imbroco and Pop Unknown. All those like emo bands that mm-hmm. st- the Midwest bands that started taking from post rock. Um yeah. are vastly more influential on the Prawn and Foxing than American football. I I I realize I'm going to piss off so many people on the sub with this. <laughs> and again, I don't care if they get posted. I like them fine. I just don't get it. I don't get the sound. Same. I like every band, just about every band that we've talked about here, except for the few that I've never heard, like really given a chance. I I like just about all of them, but I I wouldn't label them. And I get baffled when they do. And it's like the heart on the sleeve and youthful emotion that people are connecting with, and also like the sound is what is referenced now and stuff. So I think like that's how they've become the definitive emo band for whoever wants to accept that. I honestly think American football were more influential on uh, more of those math rock bands like. Uh... This town needs guns and Six Gallery and like those math pop bands. Snooze, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think they were uh, very influential on that. Uh, I I do see their influence on modern emo bands or tangential like uh, Transit are very inspired by American football. Real friends, um, man. Yeah, real, real friends. The tw- the twinkles is really where where it is. That's where where it begins and ends. And I also I also get why the Kinsella like family tree is like circle jerk to no end. But honestly, honestly, I think the wrong bands are represented. We need less of, American football. We need more Sky Corvair and Ghost more, of Vodka. Yes, and yes, exactly, and uh, make believe. We need more of that. Yeah, and and less less uh, less boring elevator music. You are of course referring to Make Believe, the album by Weezer. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Guys, don't laugh at my stupid joke. American Football is my favorite Weezer album. <laughs> oh, that's a good joke there. <laughs> All right, let's blow through some more here. And let me get to bed. Uh, let's go with Hot Water Music and slash is this band emo.com. Why is. Wait, are, are we referring to is this band emo.com as is, if that's an emo band? I don't know. It's um, a- okay, yeah, here's the thing. So I was on is this band emo.com recently just plugging away just to see some results that's the worst thing you've ever said yeah 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 i'm sorry is this band emo.com said no but they toured with so many emo bands i see why you would think that and uh on on the subreddit in case anyone doesn't know hot water music are credited with being uh one of the mid 90s like like second wave of emo core bands like that were you know like jawbreaker and Lifetime. Voice Fire, Lifetime, yes. 
lots of those bands. And so I decided to put them on there to see what everyone's take on that was. Because I've seen Hot Water Music classified as just post-hardcore. I've seen them classified as emo core. I've seen them classified as melodic hardcore. I've seen them classified as pop punk even. Uh, So I just wanted to... All right. With their later material, I get the pop punk thing. But with their earlier stuff, especially Fuel for the Hate Game and Forever and Counting, that's straight mid-90s emo core to me. Like, not even a a question. I agree entirely. Like, the twin... Like, the they have this churning sound that was really influential on later Florida emo bands like I Hate Myself. And especially the the very gruff dual vocal attack, which was a trademark of the nineties emo scene. I I yeah, I don't I don't understand how anyone can look at their early work and not see them as an emo band. I'm not really familiar with like their timeline and stuff, but like is this before like trusty chords and stuff? Yeah, trusty chords uh came later. Okay. That's my like starting point with them. So apparently I have to go back cuz I always thought they were like the essential org core band and uh, they are though. Yeah. They yeah. are. They can do both. I yeah, I've always thought that org core was like kind of like a little bit related to emo, like via emo core, like via that hot water music scene. It's always been cuz I've seen them classified as Midwest emo and emo core. So for it's always been uh, kind of teetering on that one, but definitely. I don't hear Midwest emo at all. Yeah, you don't think uh, they sound a little like um, Boilermaker? <laughs> um, with, with the with the guitars? No, no. I mean, Boilermaker are already like yeah, indie mixed rock with grunge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't hear the Midwest at all, personally. All right. I'll take that. I, I I definitely think their early stuff is emo, regardless. But yeah, the newer stuff is just good old melodic punk, some hardcore. Uh, Pup is on here. Really? I added that the last minute when we mentioned <laughs> them earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think that's Pup... the one band I added to that list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. Not at all. No. Yeah, no. no. All right, I'm glad we're all agree. Okay. (laughs) That was the quickest one we've had. Uh, Citizen. I know very little of Citizen, and I haven't liked anything I've heard from Citizen, and I thought that it was like (laughs) grunt revival. Yeah, it is. Okay. You're not wrong. I got it. Um, I've always looked at me as like sort of like a grungy pop punk, um, but emo, it's like they come close, kind of, but not really. That's all I have to say about them. Yeah, oh, and I don't like um, everyone's going to heaven. You hate everything, man. Jesus. Man, I, <laughs> yeah. That's coming I mean, from me. I'm, I, thought I, yeah. I thought I hated everything. All I want is Jimmy World and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't Jimmy World, it ain't for me. That's fair. Uh, but Turnover, like Citizen, I think, uh, they both started out as like more a B-pop punk. Because I think they were part of that run for cover deal, they both ended up getting influenced from like brand new 
like Devil and God brand new. And I think that's why they get lumped in with the emo circles is because that sound pervades uh, a lot of their music. But I don't really, I don't think they're emo really. Uh, even whatever it's called, Everyone's Going to Heaven is more just post-hardcore than anything. I think they'll forever be touring with the emo world and everything, so people will get their fix that way. I'm sure I'm sure they're touring with sorority noise at some point at that like every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Elvis Depressively and Alex G I lumped together um just to cover the lo fi circuit. You can throw in car seat headrest if if we feel like you're I feel like these bands are always just kind of like a side emo. Oh well, I guess Alex G less. I think he kind of does it like distances himself, but it's just really excellent and experimental to a little bit um, for lo-fi and bedroom pop. And emo is definitely trying to... I, I, I think at one point lo-fi was trying to become a part of emo, and I think it kind of failed. Yeah, I think they're just lo-fi artists. I see the DIY scenes as kind of similar, and that's a lot of, just a lot of kids and they're bedrooms trying to make music and put it out there yeah so it's like from that i can see the uh, similarities with emo but aside from that there's the the actual music itself doesn't really say there's nothing really emo about it yeah aside from it also being really sad yeah again if no one else wants to talk about it the emo kids will talk about it i guess but they're not emo. Yeah, same deal with teen suicide and everything right. like that. It's uh, yeah. great bands. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get to this one yet. Death Cab, Modest Mouse, and Built to Spill. Uh, that's a lot to unpack. Death Cab for Cutie is one of my favorite artists. Shove that in like a top three. Plans is like a top five favorite album of mine. Even with all that um, sentimental value. Even before I came on to the uh, emo subreddit, I always saw them as an indie rock band from beginning to end. And then when I saw people posting their music on emo, I was just confused. Yeah. Uh, Death Cab, the first Death Cab album I ever heard was We Have the Facts and We're Voting Yes. Um, and the very first track on that title track, I I, I understand what the emo in there i i agree with uh daniel it's just not it's it's indie rock perhaps very influential to the scene but just straight indie rock nonetheless fantastic indie rock at that oh yeah transatlantis is absolutely stellar i used to post the new year like every fucking year on january 1st on my facebook man i did that too but I got depressing because I wasn't feeling any different as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, that actually is emo. <laughs> uh, yeah, built to spill? No, like not at all. Same with like Spoon and and those and those other types of bands. Just even more straight up indie rock than Death Cab. Like I have no idea how people think of Built to Spill as emo. Yeah, I don't either. I think I saw them live once, and I don't remember anything about them. 
<laughs> I think I saw them open for Death Cab for Cutie, actually. Well, that's weird. Yeah, all these bands, I think, were influential to some of the more indie emo bands, especially in the modern day. No real emo there. Modest Mouse are like a top three ever indie rock band for me. Uh, still not emo. <clears throat> Guitars are too squeaky. <laughs> Isaac Brock is definitely. I don't know how to describe it. Have you ever heard him speak, like just generally talking? He has a, a list. It's a heavy ass list. I saw him two weeks ago, and it was loud. <laughs> it was loud and clear. That's adorable. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I I think everyone in that is in an emo band appreciates at least one of these bands, if not more than that. So, I mean. There's an yeah, influence. And, uh, there's no. But they're not of, emo. Yeah. There's a ton of emo band singers who have lists too, so I see the confusion. <laughs> <laughs> Davey Von Bolin Davey and that guy Bolin. from Mom Jeans. Lists. <laughs> so let's move on to Jawbreaker and Drive Like Jehu. I kind of lump these two together because I feel like most people will say that these two are emo bands. Drive Like Jay, who I I never understood why they got called an emo band. Jawbreaker, I guess by the end of it, I can see why people would call them an emo band. So that's where I'm at with it. So, Drive Like Jay, I'll cover that first because Jawbreaker is my favorite band of all time. So okay. okay. I have a lot. Yeah. Um, Drive Like Jay, who were part of that San Diego scene and which begat, you know, heroin and Antioch Arrow and all that. And so I, I get why they'd be lumped into that via just proximity. But again, straight up post-hardcore, a yeah. lot of influence on early yeah. math rock. Um, they're too, they're too jittery to be, to be emo. I think they're, they're not, especially for that era. They, they don't have like any of the crescendos or the loud soft dynamics or anything like that they're they're just straightforward uh post-hardcore any anyone else have thoughts on drive like jehu uh yeah definitely uh i get why they were lumped in with that uh and uh, i've i've even seen people cite them as a like a early influence on screamo uh yeah, I see. Which that. I get. Yeah. yeah, which I get. Um, but yeah, definitely more, more part of the arty, noisy post-hardcore scene of the time. Ironically, a lot like Unwound, really Unwound. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, do we dive into Drawbreaker now? Oh, Jesus. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, Jaw Jawbreaker are not only, in my opinion, the best band of all time the best emo band of all time uh unfun is skewing towards pop punk i will grant that songs like want etc yeah skew towards pop punk but they have just this this on the on unfun they have this beating heart that i think is heavily influenced by that that mid to late 80s discord sound you know bands like fugazi and then I guess Hoover uh, and stuff like that, Fire Party and whatnot. And then as we get as we drift towards uh, Bivouac, 
big, uh, more elongated and experimental, and I think aligned with that early 90s emo sound. It's basically kind of pop punk, but influenced by like Navio Forge, I think. I think is the best way I would describe Bivouac. Um, then 24 Hour Revenge Therapy is the the basic starting point for all emo pop. Like all emo pop is is basically ripping off 24 Hour Revenge Therapy. And then Dear You is kind of emo pop, kind of Midwest emo, uh, uh, kind of pop punk, super heavily influential album, definitely straight emo. And then you know, songs like Kiss the Bottle from uh, uh, that compilation they did that I, I'm forgetting the name of right now. Just so, like, like, not only are they so foundational, they were such a huge part of the scene. Like, you, you people who were fans of bands as disparate as Antioch Arrow still fucking loved Jawbreaker. They were absolutely beloved in the emo scene. And so I can't divorce them from emo in my mind yeah i i can't argue with any of that you kind of hit it spot on do you know yeah i i missed jawbreaker at riot fest and i'm still fucking angry and this is how it manifested i i heard that they were playing a very small show here nearby me in san francisco and the moment i heard that i had me and my brother on our smartphones like waiting for the tickets to go on sale and i'm not gonna exaggerate they literally sold out within like three seconds i heard yep. that yep because they're the, the fucking best band of all time they should sell out in three seconds granted we were also like on the road going to warp tour so we didn't have the best of connections but that's beside the point so dude does like blake and the rest of the band, like, do they acknowledge themselves as an emo band? Uh, I don't think there's been more than, like, ten emo bands in the world who have ever come out and said, yeah, we're emo. They all fucking hate the word. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 Drawbreaker hate the word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Every, all of them. All of them do. Okay. Every, every band does. Yeah. Uh, Understandable. It's a stupid fucking word. It's a... It's a fucking dirty word. Uh, the E-word, as it were. Exactly. <laughs> we get to 21 Pilots slash Halsey. I, yes. I've, I haven't heard Halsey in my life, but 21 Pilots is like rap rock, right? Yeah. They're like alt-rap, very popular. Yeah, I know they're like a, like a fucking gigantic arena coliseum band. I thought I was really cool like four years ago when I saw them at a festival. It was not a lot of people were actually watching them. It was really just two guys with skeleton hoodies, a um, tape player next to a guy with a ukulele using very cheap microphones. And then a year and a half later... They're selling out arenas. Yeah. And that was all I'm thinking is, well, I can't like them anymore. They're too popular. <laughs> and all the middle kids, mm-hmm. school kids like them. Yeah, the term emo rap has been thrown at them. Uh, mm. Slug from Atmosphere invented the term emo rap way back in 1997, which 
is way before anyone else in rap would have ever given a shit about the word emo. And I think it has value when used to like DIY rap acts who have heavily emotional lyrics. And though I wouldn't really consider them part of the emo scene, I do get why they, in the hip-hop community, call it emo rap. But I don't see how it fucking applies to 21 Pilots, who are not DIY at all. Uh, and I fucking hate that band. I hate them. They're on the radio 24-7. Um, and I don't want to just like say that a band isn't emo, because I don't like them. Um, and I, I, I feel like I've avoided that this whole time. They, they're part of like the, this new uh, Tumblr trinity of emo. Has, has anyone else like seen this? Yeah. Um, yeah, 21 Pilots and Halsey and that uh, Melanie Martinez. Yeah. Oh, the, really? Yeah, the girl who made like mm-hmm. a, a whole album about Lolita. It, that's that that's like offensive to me. Like on a on a deep moral level that people are calling them emo. Like I don't under no yeah. not even like not even like musical influence. There's not even cultural influence. Like Yeah, no. The kids in 21 Pilots have never fucking heard of Rites of Spring in their goddamn lives. You know, no. like, I, I I, just don't, I don't get it. I don't uh, at all. That, the 21 Pilots connection is, it's, it's the same, it's the same line that gets us to all the MySpace core and shit being called Not really, emo. not really, because uh, I can, I can still trace the lines there. I have a whole post on the sub tracing the lines. Well, about... well, yeah, you can, you can, okay, you can. Tr- that's fair. You can trace the lines musically, but uh, with the the term emo getting thrown at things that aren't emo, I, I see how the transition occurred basically because basically, Twenty One Pilots align themselves with like the alternative press warp tour core whatever scene. Because of that, and because they're sad, or whatever, kids are like, oh, emo. And, like, literally kids, like, 14-year-old Tumblr kids who really think that, like, Fall Out Boy and My Chemical Romance are the, and and Panic! at the Disco are the emo trinity, and they think that's a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's going to be a hard no from me. (laughs) <laughs> no I think I'm going to sleep on this one guys <laughs> so we got My Chemical Romance and then there's Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco below it I think we kind of know how they got lumped into this emo thing but and it kind of is still I guess we're still feeling the effects of it just because of the word if anyone has any takes on this I want to hear it I've always looked at I brought you my bullets, I brought you my love as having some some slight uh influence from scrams. I think I brought you my bullets as I've brought you my bullets as a lot more than just slight influence from scrams. Like it basically sounds like a you and I record with good production and pop songwriting skills. And like obviously Gerard Way was a was a big part of that. The the Pittsburgh scene with it being a fan of Ink and Dagger and then you know the the New Brunswick scene, going to all those shows in Jeff Rickley's basement. Like you can you can li- you can go on YouTube and find a video of him in the background at a U and I show. It's it's adorable. Huh. Uh, <laughs> but then after that first album, no. After uh, that, no. Kind of 
post-hardcore. Post-hardcore. And then the Black Pound. Parade was like arena rock. And then Danger Days was uh, shit. <laughs> I, I, I got into My Chemical Romance right when Black Parade came out. Black Parade is still one of my favorite albums just from sentimental purposes. And it's a great arena rock album. But it's not emo. And neither is Three Cheers. And neither is Danger Days. And that's all I can say about that. Fallout Boy, their early stuff, especially Take This to Your Grave, just sounds like through being cool and the yeah. get up kids with it's, no keyboard. So technically what it technically is. They've it sounds like that's what it is. <laughs> yep, strong strong emo pop. And then they they turned into pretty good pop rock and then they turned into garbage pop rock. And that's it. Literally the exact same thing applies to Panic at the Disco, except they never <laughs> had that that emo pop. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Heard, they are named the after an emo pop song by name Taken. The song is just called Panic, and it has the line Panic at the Disco in the song. But, yeah, they never really had any of that influence in their music. Yeah, I guess I, you can make an argument for a fever you can't sweat out being emo pop the same way you can make an argument for From Under the Cork Tree being emo pop. But, like, no. Yeah. No. Although, yeah. I do want to say, though, you mentioned that they went from being okay pop rock to being terrible pop rock for Panic and Disco. I've heard from a handful of sources that while they did go way downward with um, Pretty Odd or whatever that album is called that has an album afternoon. Yeah, I would say that they generally, I'd say their music got better over the years and then it was only until a couple years ago when they released that new album. Uh, uh, too Weird to Live, Death. Too Rare to Die. No, the one after it. Uh, Death of whatever, Death I of think. Death of a Bachelor. Death of a Bachelor. Yeah, it's yeah. that one I've heard that people started to be upset about them again. It might be because it hit number one on the Billboard 200 and brought the fake emo craze back into people's uh, peripherals. You know what? You, that's a great point that I think Fallout Boy and Panic! at the Disco doing this, this straight-up dance pop thing is exactly why people think Halsey and Melanie Martinez are emo. Now that you bring that up. Thanks, Fallout Boy. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know, I live in Las Vegas. I have a huge connection to Panic! at the Disco because of that. Brendan Urie went to Palo Verde High School uh, with people I know and I know for a fact that the dude listens to like legit emo, so I don't know why none of that manifests in the man's music. There's no money in emo. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win in a sure fight? You can, you can spell money without emo. I Who mean, would win the fight between Brendan Yuri and Brandon Flowers. Brandon Flowers is a fucking sweetheart. He wouldn't. He would fight you by kissing your cheek. He's a yes, Mormon. But I don't know if that matters. That I did not know that. I that does matter possibly. I don't know. But aren't they both well, hold on, I'm wicking Brendan Yuri right now. It says he was raised in a Mormon family. He might not be Mormon anymore. I need yeah, to Yeah, but Brandon Flowers is Mormon. Um I work at insert coffee chain here. And at this coffee chain, Brandon Flowers used to, to show up and get his coffee in the morning, like every single day. It was nothing but nice, always tip generously. I, I tend to give a lot of credit to people who are nice to the, the people who give them their coffee. I get behind that. I deliver pizzas for a living. That shocks me not whatsoever. 
I gave coffee to the guitarist of Masked Intruder, the Green Intruder. <laughs> I asked him if he was in his old band, and he's like, yeah, but how do you know that? <laughs> uh, we're going to end this on Modern Baseball and the Front Bottoms, both uh, pop punk bands, right? I've looked at uh, Modern Baseball as having some emo influence. And some yeah. they like kind of go between emo and pop punk. It's really hard to say, but I've usually identified them as like a very fun emo pop band. Yeah, modern baseball. First of all, their their biggest influence period is say anything. Jake Ewald has gone on record to say that. Like, I thought it's the weaker fans. No, no. If you listen to the One Hundred Words or Less podcast with him, he was like on early modern baseball. They were drawing so much from the first say say anything album. Well, the first two, baseball and... Oh, yeah, I was going to say, are we talking baseball? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and and then, as far as their later stuff goes, just like Sorority Noise, I think they're heavily indebted to, you know, stuff like God's Reflex. Late 90s, early 2000s, semi-underground emo pop sound. Yeah, so that's my stance on modern baseball. They're, they're emo pop. Front bottoms, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, for the longest time I saw them both as just pop punk bands, but going back to Modern Baseball's old stuff, I really saw their, the line of influence there with their emo. I thought, before I thought they were just kind of doing a, this was also before I really super delved into emo, but before I thought they were just doing a, like, stripped down indie, more indie version of, like, true pop punk, but, uh... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> this is that long ago. Shout uh, out to but, stuff you will hate. <laughs> R.I.P. But, but uh, definitely, yeah, you can see uh, emo there. Front bottoms, on the other hand, like I get their proximity to the emo scene, like Jersey and everything. But as far as their actual music goes, there's just really. I don't think there's really any emo there at all. Yeah, classifying the front bottoms as emo makes me feel uh, uncomfortable. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, awkward. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see them as having any emo influence at all. I have Talon Hawk sitting on my floor, my record collection. I don't know if it's any good. Is it good? It's their only good album, but it's really good. Well, I they like Back on Top. They never really needed to make any songs besides uh, Twin Size Mattress and Au Revoir. I've actually heard that statement as well from somewhere else. It probably actually is by you, but <laughs> I, I recently listened to Back on Top. I enjoyed it. Not emo, but I enjoyed it. I got into them and then I got out of them. Yeah, just like super quickly. I... I don't know. I kind of just got what I wanted, and then I left. It was a phase. Yeah. That's how everyone should treat the front bottoms. I got yes. what I wanted, and then I left. Yeah. <laughs> I saw them live with Diet Sig, um, and I got what I wanted, which was Diet Sig, and then I left. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we've made it through this fucking list, guys. We did it. We've um, been recording for two hours and six minutes. Yeah. And it's 2.50 a.m. for me. Uh, Man. Oh, Jesus. I'm we're, sorry. We're all right, though. Um, so at this point, we're going to say goodbye. 
but we can also let people know where they can find us on the internet. Uh, um, all right, you can follow me on Twitter at you don't need maps. You can uh, also follow the you don't need maps blog on Facebook or WordPress or Tumblr, any of those places. Uh, that'd be much appreciated. And also to read my shit on Reddit uh, under Sarcastosaurus. I wrote the email history lessons. I wrote a lot of uh, kind of in-depth posts there and on my blog. So I also have a podcast with uh, Matt from Darkle. It's the only podcast episode I've ever made. You can find that on SoundCloud. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me on Reddit at ukage6613. I'm on Twitter at Lolo underscore Klein. And I'm on Tumblr. Uh, my URL is feeling the sensation. I do not have a Tumblr or a Twitter because I am cool like that. Um, but You're an irrelevant dinosaur, Daniel, is what you are. <laughs> well, it's about time someone realized that. Um, <laughs> but um, I am on Reddit frequently. You can find me under um, Hobo Sapien Twenty. If you ever want to tell me I'm a horrible mod, you can easily reach me there. Um, yeah, and the only place you can find me besides Reddit.com is Instagram. Um, I don't tweet anymore, uh, but you can find me on Instagram at Nothing Feels Gucci. Um, <laughs> oh my it's next level my friend <laughs> alright everyone thanks so much for listening to the first episode and thank you to all three of you for joining me on the first episode or episode zero rather um, and I can't wait for more to come from here on this is Hopefully. fun yeah thank you man